Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Mr. Zandatowski. He has over 600 rentals. He has done tons of single-family rentals, stepping into multi-units. He is an absolute ninja specialist at raising private capital. Uh, I heard rumors of a movie producer that you sang yesterday. I've never heard that before. Uh, he's a best-selling author of uh, Passing to Prosperous, Stop Chasing Money, and Start Seeing Prosperity Through Wealth. And um, I know he's... I uh, did a great webinar last night that I was on for Raising Capital, and um, I've known you for a long time. It was funny because some of the people I'm coming across now, I'll send them a Facebook message, and then I'll look, and there'll be a string from like 2009, 2010, and um, you and I were investing in the same markets for a while around like the Delaware, Pennsylvania areas and things, so we're connecting. So one of the things we were talking about before we jumped on was that I, I really like talking to people that have been around before things got good. So they, they invested and they survived through the last recession and they thrived through the crash and they're still in the game because like we're going to start to see now, a lot of investors are going to fall by the wayside, but you've made it through. And I think that that's the biggest thing is I'm watching, like we were just talking a lot about some of the negativity and the, the stress and the anxiety that people are just pouring out on social media. And I think a, not all of it, but some of it comes from guys that have never had to really invest in a tough time before this is the first time they're seeing it because they've only been in the game for three or four or five years and they have no idea how to handle that stress and adapt to that stress. So it's just coming out as like social media vomit onto everybody else. And we're, we're trying to get that out. But um, I know you also did start as a police officer, which, um, you know, the way I fell into real estate was a hand injury. I was trying to be a air marshal, do NYPD, FDNY. I, I did tests for DEA, FBI, all those things. So I hold law enforcement in very, very high regard. And I found that military, law enforcement, um, guys that can follow systems and, and have that accountability and just follow that path and, and have the discipline do absolutely outstanding in business. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your story starting out for how you went from a police officer and started finding a, a life in real estate and finance and passive income and all the things that you found today. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Nick. It's been great knowing you for years and always talking to you and, and seeing your growth as well. So but I appreciate it. But yeah, I, um, part of my story was when I was uh, almost 19, uh, going into Navy, I actually bought my first rental, a condo, and I bought it through credit cards and FHA financing back in the day. And to make the story a little quicker, um, while I was in the Navy, making my $248 every two weeks, I was bringing in almost $600 a month in rental income at that time. So I was also under 21 years old. So when I went to uh, a school, which is hospital course school in the Navy. Um, I was with a bunch of guys that were over 21, guys and gals that were over 21 years old. A lot of them go out to bars and start drinking. And I was at the time 19. I couldn't drink, but I had all this cash. So everybody would get their paycheck on a Friday. They were eating steaks and out drinking. And by Monday, they were eating bologna sandwiches and drinking water. So <laughs> I learned pretty easy that I like passive income. I became, back in the day, I probably, what I did was probably not right. I guess I was I learned the lending game back then. I learned, hey, I can give you money and you pay me interest on my money because you didn't have any and I had it because I couldn't do anything else but go to the gym and, and maybe go to Taco Bell. That was my night out or go bowling or a movie. 
because I wasn't 21. So I had all this cash coming in and I learned back then what passive income was all about. So when, it, when I got out of the Navy, I, uh, I worked for two years uh, at a job before I became a police officer and I had to jump in the police department. I thought at the time because I wanted um, security for my family, you know, benefits, pension, that kind of stuff. And I said, I'm just going to do it till I didn't have to do it anymore. And while I was in the police department, I was very, it was a tough time. I mean, I was a police officer, I had a wife, I had two kids now. And uh, living in New York City, making under, you know, at the time, $28,000 a year, trying to live when my wife didn't work. And I'm like, you know what, I took action at that point, I figured out a way to buy real estate. And I, at that point, I started showing all this what I was doing. Um, even police officers, and they're like, how are you living? How you, how'd you buy a house? How do you have these nice cars um, as a, on a police officer's salary? And I showed them I was buying real estate. And a lot of them would say, like, how do I get involved? And they started, you know, partnering with me on deals, lending me money on deals. And that's kind of how I started raising money. And I didn't just, I never asked for money. I just kind of showed people what I was doing. And people asked to get involved. And that was the difference. In my whole life, I've never asked anybody for money. Um, and I built up a portfolio as a police officer and I was doing mortgage, I was a mortgage broker. And after six years, after 9-11, I decided, you know what, I need to get out of here because I'm either going to get killed, I'm going to get shot, or I'm going to go to jail. One of the three is going to happen. It's very hard to last 20 years in the New York City Police Department without one of the three happening. Um, and it wasn't for me. I was miserable. I was not the person. I was, I, I just became the person I didn't want to be. I was like this, the negativity you see on, on, on social media was me. I was seeing negative stuff day in and day out. It was making me miserable. And even though I was making good money, I was coming home and I wasn't happy. And uh, I left the police department after 9-11. I left in May of 2002. Um, and I told my wife when I joined, they said, I'm only going to be a police officer until I don't have to anymore. And I, I really stuck to that. I'm very goal-orientated. And I stuck to that. I thought I would have to stay longer. I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to leave earlier. And I think 9-11 had something to do that for me. It kind of put me in a mindset that, hey, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. And I'm not going to get killed to have a pension. I'm not going to get killed. I'm not going to. I'm not going to live this life where everyone thinks it's, you know, security, but there's no security in it because you can get laid off, not as a police officer generally, I say that generally, but you can get laid off. You walk into work on a Monday, you can get laid off, or you could have this coronavirus pop up and you could lose everything you have as well. So I'm going to take control of my life. And I did. Um, and I started, as I was police officer, I started buying more and more properties. I was fixing and flipping. I was wholesaling. I was buying multifamily deals. I was buying hotels, buying some hotels, land deals. I was doing it all. And I was, I was doing very well. And you got to remember, I was, that was, you know, 2002 and, and I'm doing very well all the way up until about 2006, seven when the crap hit the fan. And, uh, I almost lost everything. The reason I almost lost everything is because my few, I'm talking about my future business is because I based a lot of what I was doing with banks and hard money lenders. At the time. They kind of had control of my business. So once again, uh, I, I, to, to be completely honest with you, right. And, and be completely honest with myself is. Um, I left the police because I didn't want to lose control of my life, but I gave control to hard money lenders and banks. And at that point I realized, you know what? And I talked about it on my webinar a little bit. I had eight deals ready to close. They all didn't close. Um, those were deals I was selling. Those are fixed and flips. And I had loans on them. I had to pay off. They couldn't close. I had to turn them into rentals. So I adapted there. I had three deals I was ready to close on. Um, as an investor, I had hard money lender backing me ready to close. Um, I, had, I had security, I had um, deposits on every one of them, non-refundable because they were cash deals. I lost those, I lost those deals. And I swore at that time, right there on the spot, when this was happening, it was crushing down on me. I could have 
became suicidal. I could have became depressed. I could have done everything you could possibly think of to say, you know, poor me. The first thing I said to myself, I says, damn, I'll never, I told my, I'll never let this, I told myself, I'll never let this happen to me again. And I let it happen. I swear to this day, I swear right now, I will never let somebody control my business ever again. And I literally got a surge and it, it sounds a little corny, but I got this surge of energy and it's like, boom, what do I have to do to raise the money? I says, I'm going to raise my own money. I'm not going to count on anybody. And since then, I've raised over $30 million in new money and used it in over $200 million in velocity. Um, I have, and it's not like I have a million lenders. I only have 42 lenders, but I have a great relationship. I, I look at it like this. A lender to me is like a partner. I have a great relationship with my lenders. Um, they trust me. I trust them. We like working together. And, and the way I kind of say it is I said even if you didn't get lend money to my deals, would I want to go out and have a beer with you? And if, if in my head, if I don't, I don't want to have a beer with them because they're a pain in the butt. I don't want to be around them. They drive me insane. They expect the world. They want to be, you know, millionaires right away. It's, they want me to do deals that don't fit in my program. Then I don't actually take that money. So we actually turned out a lot of people who asked us to get involved in our deals. And that's the difference. That's the change that you'll get if you actually put your head down and do this. And it doesn't come overnight. But, you know, this is a great time. And that's why we did the webinar. This is a great time to really craft your business and really hone in on your craft and really be laser focused. And a lot of people try to go wide in everything they do. And I, I'm guilty of that sometimes too. And every time we talked about this before the podcast started, every time I do something off my vision, it, it kind of slaps you in the face and says, Dan, what are you doing? That's not your vision. You chase money and it's not why you're doing this. Um, so my vision is, you know, I'm doing this 29 years. It's, Teach. It's not only creating passive wealth for myself, um, raising capital and buying distressed debt to create solid finance notes in emerging markets, creating passive wealth for myself, but also helping investors build their rental portfolio in emerging markets and teaching people how to raise private money the way we raise it, my students raise it. That's so important because once you do that, I don't care if you raise private money for a multifamily, for a land deal, for a fix and most people it's fix and flip. I've had people do it, raise private money and invest in fuse. I just got off the phone with somebody just today. He's raises private money and fuses it in businesses to get an ownership in the business to take the business to the next level. That's his goal. That's all he raises private money for. He doesn't do it for real estate. So we teach them, we teach how to do that. And sky's the limit once you raise private money, right? You could start a business, right? We're looking at infusing money. I'm on a call tonight, infusing money in another company. I'm probably going to raise private money and infuse money in that company. And I'll back it by one of my real estate deals, right? So and it's endless, right? So imagine people are coming to you right now and they're like, you know what, Nick? My business is falling apart because of the coronavirus. I'm going to lose everything. I have a great business. And you look at it and you're like, you know what? This is a great business. Maybe I need to get them through the next six months. And can you imagine how you could help not only the business, but you could help their employees you can help their life. Maybe you infuse $50,000 cash into that business because you have all this equity and properties. You raise private money. You're like, let's do this. Let's reorganize. Let's figure out a way to make your business profitable. Those are the calls I'm starting to get now. I'm starting to get those calls from people. I was like, hey, can you help me with my business? You know, so think about how powerful that is right now. Not only are you doing, uh, you're helping, you're being a servant to community, a tremendous servant, right? You're saving so many lives, but you're also... And financially, you're making financial gains by doing this, right? So your mind has to open up. And it's like, what do you, and I love to do that. That's my genius though, is I love, I'm an input, I'm a, a visionary, right? I don't care about the minutia. I don't care about the details too much. I don't care about the, 
you know, I want to see the data, but I don't want to put it together. I want to make an overview. I want to, you know, from, from the mile high, I want to look down and make those changes for a business, help a business grow. I can see things in a business they might not be able to say. So you know what? So I'm going to really going to focus a lot on that. I have private money. I'm going to focus a lot on that. So you know what? Think about how you can position yourself right now in this economy and what's going on right now to be a servant to people, to be ethical to people, and, and financially gain from this as well, right? So not everything is money motivated. And when we do the private money training, it's, it's and I explained to you why it's not money motivated and why we literally made it almost, almost free for people. I'm literally collecting enough money to cover our team for putting this together. Um, because my goal is to get this out there to everybody because I just want to see people get through this time. If they learn how to raise private money the right way, the correct way, they control their destiny forever, forever. Not just like for the next year or two years, forever. And if anyone tells me they don't think that there's going to be a bloodbath of properties out there right now coming up in the next three to six months, then their, their head is in a rock, under a rock right now. And if you have the cash to close on these deals, you're, you, you call your shots at this point. You know what? I don't think it's taking advantage of people. I think it's like you're calling your shots at this point. You know what? Your sellers are not able to close because these wholesalers you know, offered a ridiculous amount of money on these deals. And they, their only game was to sign these contracts to people that don't can't get money from hard money lenders or can't get money from banks. Um, and there are still some hard money lenders that are funding, and there's still some banks out there. If they're not Fannie or Freddie, uh, if they're not selling off to Fannie or Freddie, your local community banks will fund deals, uh, take you out of a deal. Um, so there's still opportunities out there. And that's what I talk about, fostering those relationships. But if you position yourself right right now and you stop looking, listening to the negativity, um, that's, that's when it's huge. And, and we, like I said, we had over 300 some people register for our webinar yesterday and zoom cuts it off at a hundred. And we do that on purpose. And people are like, well, you need to have more people. No, we don't. We don't need to open it up to three, 400 people. You know what? We're going to do it again and we'll do it live. We're not looking to shoot out recordings. Eventually we have to shoot out recordings because time is an issue. But the first couple I'm going to do live, the people that really want to be in there, the people that are serious, people that just aren't like, I mean, God, there's webinar junkies out there. There's a there's event goer junkies out there. Like they feel like they're doing something in their business if they listen to webinars. And I look at some of the names. It's funny because I see some of the people signing up. And the reason I like it at 100 is because I kind of, I personalize the webinar. I look at questions. I can answer the questions. I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of people, but I look at some of the people that are on the webinar. And these are people that have been to my classes before. They've actually, some people have actually bought the training and not done anything with it. And they're, they're just, they're just busy body, right? They're just busy. They just like to go to webinars. They like to go to events. I call them the event experts, right? They'll show up at every event. You'll see me. And they Facebook live it. Like they're, hey, we're crushing you guys. And they like going to these events with three to 400 people. And we speak at a lot of those, right? And um, we don't speak as much at those events anymore. We, we're more, we get paid to speak and we go to some high level events. When I say high level, I don't mean a ton of people. I mean like high level, like you're talking about, your asset managers are at these events. Your Fannie Freddie are at these events. You're at events with wealth advisory groups. You're at events with family offices. People aren't going to go and hang out with some guy at a local reader that's paying $59 to get into an event. These people spend, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars to go to a two-day event. They don't want to be around the crowd that's that's that has a limited mindset, that has a scarcity in there. And that's not the people and in our, our group, we're we're gonna be doing that mastermind, the next mastermind are in a circle boardroom. Uh it's, it's a prosperity group. It's not just real estate investors. It's business owners. It's people, 
who wants to hang out with somebody who has a, why would you want to hang out if you're successful with somebody who is non-successful? And I don't just mean financially. I mean, just in, totally in life. I don't want to hang out. That, that to me, everyone calls things a mastermind, right? Mastermind doesn't mean you just pay money and get in, right? We have a vetting process to anybody I mentor, anyone that comes into my inner circle groups and we're starting another group and why are we keeping it? If people, you, you're nuts, you can make a lot of money. I'm not money motivated. I want a group of 15 people because that's the only way I can actually, and if it's 10 people, fine. If it's six people, even better. I can't focus and I can't really help the masses. I can only help a certain few. And that's why, I, you know, everyone that's hitting me up and like, well, you got, you know, we got locked out of your, your room yesterday. I'm like, that's good. Next time, take my class on taking action. Get in there sooner. I don't know what to tell you, but that's, I learned myself, and it's not to be mean, but I learned myself that. I used to try to help too many people and I used to really beat myself up that I couldn't help them because they wouldn't, I, they didn't want to help themselves. And even my mentor said, you know what, you're doing a disservice to the people that you should be helping because you're taking away from them and trying to help. So if I put three to 400 people in a zoom call and I couldn't answer everyone's questions, well, then I'm disservicing the people that really need to help. So that's kind of why we do it like that. So I believe less is more. Um, and I've always believed that now I, I have no problem because I I'm having a little time now that I could do these webinars maybe once or twice a week live, but I am going to do them live as much as I possibly could. And I am going to cap them in a hundred people. And if people miss out on them, hopefully again, the next one. And, um, you know, I just, it's funny though, when I do see people coming and they've been to like two or three of my webinars already and they still never take action. And I just know they're not action takers. And I just, I'm like, why are you even getting on? Just don't even waste your time because you're still not going to take action. You just don't have that personality. So, um, you know, maybe it's time for you to go out and just get a job. It's not a bad thing for people, but it's just might be that, that time. So that's really a long, I think we, uh, we took a short question and made it very long, but I think, you know, I'm pretty, pretty passionate about what we're doing. The A-Game Podcast is sponsored by Nationwide Business Capital Group. If you're looking for competitive rates and terms for your real estate investments, you have found the right place. Have credit or full doc issues? No problem. Nationwide Business Capital Group has access to over 3,100 different investor-friendly loan programs in all 50 states to fit all your lending needs. From residential deals, multifamily, fix and flips, rentals, commercial buildings, financing, and refinancing, among many others, they have options for absolutely everyone. Nationwide Business Capital Group's most popular loans vary from stated income to hard money loans, bank financing, bridge loans, lines of credit, or even non-recourse loan programs for financing as well as refinancing. No matter what the situation, from tons of experience to beginners or stellar credit to investors with past bankruptcies or foreclosures, Nationwide Business Capital Group is one of the most creative financing companies out there and will work around the clock to get your deals funded. Call or text Marianne today at 513-638-3654 or email morse, M-O-R-S-E, at nationwidebcg.com to discuss your options. Mention the A-Game podcast to receive top priority for all of your funding needs. Pick up the phone and find out what makes Nationwide Business Capital Group different from all the rest, especially in these hard times. If you are looking for a lender who's still lending, still getting deals done, Nationwide Business Capital Group should be your first stop. Yeah, no, you can hear it, man. And that was great info. That's exactly, I mean, you more than answered the question. You gave me again. I love opening with that because what happens is I have my five or 10 things I want to talk about, and then it brings up like 20 more. That I can <laughs> so um, two, two of the things that I thought were, were very relevant, one of them being, um, you know, you said for you, 
you don't want to get into a private lending deal with somebody that you wouldn't want to go have a beer with. And I was just having this discussion. Uh, it might have been with Bill Allen yesterday or the day before okay. that we were talking about how people think that a business relationship has a lot of differences than a personal relationship. And at the core of them, it's really not all that different because the way I'm going to look at who I'm going to do a deal with, who I'm going to get into a partnership with, what contractors I'm going to hire. If I have four or five different options, you know, and again, initially when you're starting out, you can't be as picky, but once you're to the position where there's a few different people you can pick from, why am I going to go into a deal or a partnership or some sort of long-term relationship with somebody in business that I don't like, that I don't communicate with, they're negative, we don't get along, we don't communicate well. You could have somebody who's a good lender or a good contractor or a good borrower, but if you guys don't gel, you're going to have a bad experience just like you would if you went on one date with somebody and you guys don't talk, you don't want to have kids, this one smokes, you can't stand smoking, well, we're going to just date for the next six months and move in together. So like the principles of picking and choosing who you really gel with and get along with and again, things that core values, I think is a huge thing that people, and I've made this mistake a couple of times and I'll never make it again of sacrificing, this guy's kind of an ass or I don't really like this person, but hey, we're going to make some good money, so I'll do it. It has never once ended good for me. So exactly yeah. like you said, man, it's, it's, if it's not somebody that I would go have a beer with, I'm going to think twice about going into a deal or doing some type of financial thing where now we're, we're locked in together. And I think people discount that too much. Um, but one of the big things you said is, again, I've been, you know, in the, the teaching circuit, the real estate education circuit for a long time as well. And, and you see, we call them repeat offenders. They show up every two months at the same club, but now I'm going to do something, but now I'm going to, and they never will. So it was like, you have to cut them off. And you said something during your training yesterday of, you know, if, if I thought giving away my training for free was going to make more people successful, I would, but they don't value it and they take less action than ever. And I a hundred percent agree with that. But I think part of what people do is they keep signing up thinking that there's some magic pill and they never want to go, well, I have to just go out and do the work now. Well, there must be some other reason why Dan's successful. He listened to this special webinar. He went to this special class or he did this different thing. And, and um, you know, a bunch of my friends are, are fighters. So they do uh, fitness and, and, and health coaching. And my one friend, Eddie Chuck Gordon, is a UFC fighter. He goes, you know, I could tell people, I want you to hire me for 90 days. And then I never want you to have to hire me again, because I'm going to teach you things that you should be able to do on your own after that. And now you can be your own health coach. And they go, man, that sounds really great. But this other guy is selling a pill over there for $99. And it says I'm going to lose, you know, 50 pounds in two weeks. So I'm just going to go do that. And he's like, you know, that's a magic pill and it's not going to work, right? Yeah, but that's okay. I'm just going to do that anyway. And then a month later, they're calling him back. So it's almost the same thing on the real estate side, you know, like, no, but Dan, I want to know how to make money. Well, here's an hour on how you do that. All right, well, I'm not going to do that. I want to know how to really make money. So what, what have you found? Because obviously you're taking action. And again, not to rant too much, I won't let you talk again, but I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people discount the mindset. They go, well, you know, there's just something that's not working for me. And then uh, somebody who's successful like yourself, they'll go, well, you got to get your mind right. You know, you have to believe in it. You have to do these things. I don't want to hear about that mindset crap. But then yesterday, one of the first things that came up when you went, hey guys, what are some questions? The first like three or four questions were, you know, how do I believe in myself? How do I get the confidence up to do this? And you were like, man, a huge piece of my training is mindset. So as much as people think they don't need it, I have not talked to a successful person yet that doesn't say that it's the most important thing. So if you are a seminar junkie, if you are a gym junkie and you're not making any money, you're not doing any deals, you're not using any weight, it's not the classes, it's you. It's your mindset. So um, I'd love to hear your take after, you know, 20 years in business, being a police officer, 
um, talk a little bit about the mindset of just being an entrepreneur and taking action and going after it and the accountability of just having to do some things and not make excuses. Well, 100%. I'm so glad you brought that up because really I teach most of what I teach now is mindset, vision, um, roadblocks, um, inner thinking. Um, and a lot of it stems back to being young, being a kid and how you, you grew up, right? So there's this, there's this um, mindset out there that, you know, you can't be successful unless you, you need money to make money. And we've proven that wrong already, right? Um, when I taught this in school, it doesn't meet what, you know, go to school, get a good grades, get a good job, retire, get a pension, get social security of the government. There's all this terrible mindset out there right now, right? That, that's being portrayed, right? If it's too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, just all the, the cliches you hear out there are terrible. But yeah, it really does come down to, and, and even with me, and I have to be honest, and, I, and I was, I'm humble enough to be honest with people, I fall for the trap too, right? I am so non-money motivated right now. And I can say this, and I know it sounds, it, it sounds maybe a little asinine to people to say that, but I was money motivated for a very long time. And, and that's all part of what's in my book, Passive to Prosperous, and how I almost lost my wife, my kids, because I was so money motivated. Because all I was doing was trying to build my own ego, right? It was nothing about... So my vision was, I'm in this business because I want to spend more time with my wife, my kids, my friends, my family, doing what I want, when I want, anytime I want, with whom I want, right? But then I'm out there, I'm working 100 hours a week to chase money, and I was chasing money to buy cars, boats, watches, right? To do nothing that fit my vision. It had nothing to do with time. The boat, the car, the watches didn't fit my, I mean, you know, pun on words, time, but but what it did is it felt it filled my own ego, right? And it made me feel successful, right? So, but the biggest thing in this, right, is if you don't believe in yourself, right? If you don't believe you can do it, that's the biggest thing. If you truly don't value yourself enough, and I tell people this all the time, and I'm hardcore with it, if you don't value yourself enough to invest two things, time and money in yourself, okay? Because the money will come back. So if you're telling me, like, we, we had the webinar, right? And we, we literally, we discounted almost to nothing our, our, our training, right? If you invested in that, right? So the people that took action and invested in it, they're going to be successful. I know they're going to be successful because they have no other choice right now, right? So you actually don't believe that you, you if you were to raise, now I asked the question, I said, if you guys can raise a million dollars, would you be able to do deals right now? That The chat backs went crazy. I couldn't stop it. It was just like scrolling across my whole screen. I couldn't even see my webinar. I had to move it to another screen of mine. It literally was scrolling across my whole screen. So everybody, all the hundred people on there were like, boom, 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 yes, 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 yes. Hell yes. Without a doubt, I got deals right now. I can't close these deals. I have no money. Everybody, right? Well, if you were to raise a million dollars and you could do those deals, what stops you from taking action? Is it scarcity? Is it limited beliefs in yourself? What is it? What's the real problem, right? Because we, we're proving to you, right? Dan Zatofsky's proven to you that I've raised money. I mean, before this call, I, I showed you a screenshot of one of my investors saying he wants to put $400,000 back to work right now. I just paid him off he wants back at work. I proved to my students with screenshots from them, they've raised money. Everything has been proven. I gave you, and, and forget about my training. You don't even need my training. I gave you the recipe for how to raise money yourself. Now, how many people on that group yesterday that didn't invest in themselves will actually take the step-by-step -step 
recipe, I gave him to raise money and actually go out and do it. I'm going to tell you zero, guaranteed zero. I would love, I would almost, I would almost want to put a bet out that if somebody raised money that I didn't invest, that I would actually give them my fund their next deal. They, I'd match what they raised in the next deal because I can almost guarantee you, I can almost guarantee, I don't make guarantees, but I can almost guarantee you that those people will not do a damn thing when they get off that phone. They'll jump on another webinar today about some get rich quick scheme or lose, lose a hundred pounds in 30 days. It's going to be something because they want it easy. They don't want to hold themselves accountable. They don't want to look in the mirror. I have my vision written. It's my screensaver. I have it on my phone. I have it in my car and I look at it and I help, I'm held accountable by my method. Right. And, and I can tell you every time I chase money, it slaps me in the face. Okay. Every time I do something in my vision, it's fulfilling. It's, you know, I don't worry about the, the details of things right now. Right. I just say to myself, so I tell people, you need to put down what the perfect day for you would be, what the perfect life would you, for you would be, what the perfect, you know, personal and business life, what that would be for you. What are those? If you could do anything, what would it be? If you want to flip 100 houses a year, great. Don't worry about the minutiae about how to do it, all right? You know, and I learned this from my mouth, that Disney has three positions at Disney. There's the Imagineer, there's the, implement, there's the Engineer, and there's the Implementer. Well, the Imagineer and the Engineer are not even allowed to talk to each other. They do, they get fired about anything they're doing. So just be an Imagineer in your business. Forget about the details. Right? What do you need? Most people don't know what they need because they're just out there flaking, right? Like you call them whatever whatever term you use for them going to all these webinars. I loved it because we call them webinar junkies. I don't know what you called it, but repeat they're also offenders. what are they called? Repeat offenders. Repeat offenders. I gotta start. Can I use it? Yeah. I'll give you I'll trademark. I'll give you a now you're okay, man. Thank you. Repeat offenders. I like it. I call them event goers, webinar junkies. Um, they think that's what's successful, right? And they don't understand that you have to understand what do they really want? Is it, you know, because they're going to all these things, get rich quick, doing something that they would hate to do, right? Become a, get rich quick, becoming a roofer, right? There's a tornado coming. You could be a roofer, get rich quick. Do you want to be on a roof? No. So are you chasing money? Yes. So your mindset is really screwed up to begin with. So unless you figure out what your game is, right? And your podcast is called The A Game. Unless you figure out what your game is, then you have no business even jumping in a webinar to begin with because you don't know what you're going to do when you get money. So if I handed you a million dollars, what are you going to do with it? You have no plan, right? And why would I want to, here's the funniest thing, right? After the webinar was over, I had six or seven people hit me up yesterday and say, can you fund my deals? And I looked and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Not one, okay. One person invested in training. You know what? Put your deal together. Go through my training, put your deal together, show it to me. I'll take a look at it. Why would I invest in a deal if somebody don't invest in themselves? They don't value themselves enough to protect me as a lender. That's the biggest thing. You have to learn how to protect your lender. So, and that's why mindset is so important because if your mind says, hey, I just, what can you do me? The whiffing attitude, what's in it for me, right? Rather than how do I protect my lender? How to protect my partner? How do I protect my seller? If you change your mindset on how to protect other people, Money will flow. I can promise you. It's happened to me. It's happened to my students. It's happened to my network of people I'm around. The A game. I call them the A game players. People that actually, you know, you want to be around. It changed for all of us. When we stop worrying about what's in it for me and what I can do for you, everything changes. So that has a lot to do with the mindset. But uh, if you don't, if you're one of these event goers, like you said, or, or repeat offenders, and you don't just take action, the best way to learn is to take action. Yes. 
you have to be okay screwing things up. You have to not kick yourself in the butt when you screw things up. You have to be willing to learn. You have to look at yourself and take responsibility for yourself. Even if you buy somebody's training or you're in a mentorship group or you're being coached, you need to take responsibility for yourself, right? What am I doing wrong? It's not what is a coach doing wrong. What am I doing wrong? And if you don't have a coach and a mentor, go get one. Um, I definitely, I have two. I definitely recommend. And make sure your mentor is doing something you want to do. For instance, if you want to lose weight, don't go to the, to the fat person uh, <laughs> drinking beers and eating pizza every day. Uh, if you want marriage counseling, don't go to the person who's cheating on their wife and divorced three, four times. It's not the right person. They can tell you everything wrong to do, but they're not going to tell you anything right. Right? When you want to talk, learn how to uh, build passive income, go to somebody who's been doing it for a while. Somebody who's doing it not since, not now, right? It's easy to make money like the last couple of years until last week, two weeks ago. Let's talk about the person who was making money in 2009. Do you want to be that person? Right? We're in 2020 right now. Do you want to be in 2023 that you can come out and you could say, I'm Nick. I've been through this. I was through the Corona crash. You want to be that person. I want to learn from somebody like Nick who's been through a crash. Not somebody who comes out in 2021, 22, 23, starts buying real estate because it's cheap and they made money. That doesn't impress me, right? Or when the market's, stock market's going through a roof and, and anyone that picked the stock is making money. I want to see who's making money when the stock market crashed. That's who I want to learn from if I was going to learn stocks, right? So you got to understand, you know, like there's a lot of smoky mirrors, but you need to take action and you need to really be honest with yourself. And if this is a game you're not willing to play full-time, well, go do something full-time, right? And I don't mean leave your job full-time. I'm just saying, if you're not serious about making this your, your craft and being the best you can be. So that's what I'm saying. People that came on our webinar yesterday, forget about if they invest in, in a training that we're literally almost giving away. But if they don't take action and take the steps I gave, gave them without investing, if they didn't do it, if they don't do it, well, then they need to look in the mirror and say, am I serious about being a real estate investor? Or is this just not for me? And it's fine. It's not for you. It's not for you. But stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to your family. Stop telling your husband and your wife or your kids you crush. I had a story like this with one of my students. I'll tell you this real quick, and we'll go on to the next question, because I'll start rambling. But he came to me, and we, had, we, we were sitting, and he said, you know, we started talking about his family. And he says, you know, my kid, he's, is he, he, he's dying. He wants to be a major league baseball player. And he's playing little league ball. I said, it's really cool. That's a good dream. I says, what's he doing about it? And he says, nice. Says, so what does he do all day? And he says, well, he's really into his video games. He really does. That's all he wants to do is his video games. I says, what are you doing with him? And he says, nothing. He doesn't want to do anything else. I said, he really wants to be a, a, a baseball player. He goes, yeah. I said, what do you tell him about that? He goes, I tell him, he, you know, I thought he was being a great parent. You could be anything you want to be. I said, I looked at him and I said, why are you lying to him? <laughs> and he just gave me this look like I almost stabbed him in the heart. I said, why are you lying to your kid? And it was, it was, you know what? I needed to say this to him. And he said, I don't get you. What do you mean? He says, uh, why would I not tell my kid he could do it? I said, because you lied to him. I says, what did you want? What do you want to be? And he told me, I said, what are you doing about it? And he was, somebody was working for us doing acquisitions. And at the time we had all our acquisition guys pick up the phone, doing cold calling. And I says, how many calls are you making a week? And he kind of got, he started going. He goes, I see what you got. I says, so you're telling your kid he can be a professional baseball player. You know, it takes 10,000 hours of practice to perfect something. I says, why, why are you letting him sit there and play video games? Why don't you tell him to go out and swing a bat, hit 100 balls a day minimum? Why don't you, why don't you show him how you want to be a million? You tell me you want to make all this money because you have all these dreams of what you want to do with the money. and You want to help people. And you want, but you're sitting there, you're doing nothing. You're watching TV shows. How are you going to make money watching TV shows? 
I said, you're lying. You're lying to yourself, you're lying to your wife, and you're lying to your kids. And that hit home with him. It was like a knife going through him. And he thanked me afterwards. It, it hurt. And you know what? I think he was a little upset when I told him, but it hurt. But listen, I'm not going to mentor you, and I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff for you if that's what you need. And I make sure people I mentor don't need sugarcoating. But he actually understood and he heard. And I'm hoping that you know, that kind of thing changes. So really, anyone that's listening here, look in the mirror and really – Really be honest with yourself. It's hard to be honest with yourself. But why are you doing what you're doing? Who are you lying to? Don't tell me because you're on every webinar that you're crushing it. Don't go out there and say, I'm doing 100 deals, I'm crushing it. You might do 100 deals and you might be losing money on every one of them because you're lying to your spouse or your friends or your you know, social media, the fake book, right? we call it. You know, Matt, my Matt calls it fake book. Because uh, you could be anything you want to be on Facebook. It's, let's be honest. You say you're a millionaire, you're a millionaire. You say you're successful, you're successful. Nobody does due diligence on people. I always tell people, trust and verify everything I tell you. Don't believe what I'm telling you. Go check me out. You know, do your due diligence on people. You'll be shocked at what you find. Um, very easy to do due diligence on people. Very easy. And you should, if you don't do, dil- do due diligence on people, what kind of due diligence are you doing on your deals? But the bottom line with this is stop lying to yourself. Really decide what you really want in life. And that's not going to be a 30-second thought or conversation. You really need to sit down, maybe talk to some people in your, in your life that you really value, maybe speak to your mentor and be okay making changes in your life. But if you really want to learn this business, then really, really hold yourself accountable to learning this business and taking action. Don't just be an event goer. Don't be a webinar junkie. Don't be, uh, don't be um, a repeat offender, as I said. <laughs> But um, that's the biggest thing I could talk about mindset. And I know I go deep in it because it's my tru- truly my passion is helping business owners, entrepreneurs of any sort, not just real estate investors, uh, working on their mindset, working on their vision, and working on their, um, their, 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 um, their shortcomings, right? Their roadblocks, right? Getting through that. That's kind of what we're, why we're putting together our next group of, of 15 people for our little inner circle. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, again, anybody who thinks that they don't need that, they need that more than anything. So I think it's super important. And, um, you know, again, another thing you touched on that I definitely wanted to jump into is before we started recording, you went into some things that I thought were really cool. And, and I had a bunch of people when this started to happen and they write to me and I, I just told people, you know, there was a bunch of content that I recorded months ago that I've just been so busy. I never got around to putting it out. So now that we had some downtime, I'm slowly starting to release it a little bit. But private money is a big thing. So I made that post yesterday of, hey, guys, I'm getting a lot of questions about private money, but I want to bring on an expert to really go into it. And the, the one thing I had said as my little tidbit was, if there's anything that I've learned, it's never go out and just ask somebody for money right off the bat. Because first off, it's, just, it's, it's bad business, it's bad etiquette, but it, it's also kind of legal in some places too, that depending on the type of deals you're in. But um, you, you started going into hey, here's just a couple of things you can do on a daily basis to start going towards it. And it's exactly like you just said, hey, you want to be a baseball player? What's something you're doing every day to start to achieve that goal? And I think people confuse that you have to do this 40 hours a day, like or whatever, 24 hours a day, 40 hours a week, all day, every day. And that's how you become successful. But I feel like that's how you become burned out. It's those little things, those habits that you create every day, and they become part of your routine that really add up to the success. And that's what allows you to stay in the game instead of just having, you know, balls to the walls for 90 days. And then all of a sudden now you're burnt out. You never want to call another private lender again. So just on the surface, just a couple of the easy things. If somebody's looking for, for some things to get into the business of 
finding some private lenders? What's a couple of just simple, basic things that they can start to do on a daily basis to exercise that muscle? That's great. Um, once again, we don't ever ask for money. Um, we present opportunities. Um, we build a relationship. I always say you want to have at least three touches with somebody and know them. If, you, if it's not a warm uh, lead, some friends, family, that kind of thing, you want to know them for at least 30 to 45 days and have at least three touches with them. Don't ever present them a private money opportunity on your first meeting. Um, don't, um, do not, uh, God, this drives me insane. And, and I see, I see mentors out there doing this. Do not ever, 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 unless I'm going to say this, do not ever, ever, ever ask for private, ask somebody to fund your deal on Facebook. Don't do it. Don't make any guarantees. Don't make any promises. You're violating every SEC violation guideline out, every guideline out there. Um, if you're, and I'm going to tell people this. When you're in business, treat it like a business. Hire an SEC attorney, even if you're not doing a syndication. Make sure everything you do, your attorney signs off on, because those are the ones who are going to represent you when the, when the SEC does come and slap some handcuffs on you. Um, you want to make sure they have somebody represent you, that they said, hey, I should be doing this. Um, one is, there's two things. One is, it's illegal, okay? And I'm going to say it's illegal because I'm not going to talk about, on this call, about uh, doing a PPM and the reg regulations you got to follow to be able to publicly um, market your deals. So let's just, for all intents and purposes, understand it's illegal to do it. Two is, I have a decent amount of my private lenders are in my Facebook group, um, and they see what people do. I, a couple of my students, they've called me on and said, hey, this guy looks pretty good. I see he's working with you. Would you fund his deals? And I, I'm like, boom, thumbs up. If he's got a deal, 100%. If you want to show it to me, I'm happy to review it, but I'd fund the deal if I were you. Um, they're not out there. Your best private lenders are not out there on social media looking to fund deals. All right? So if you're looking for $20,000, $50,000, maybe, okay. But if you want to build a relationship with private lenders, these are your people that aren't involved in the investing world. They're not in the Rokorias. They're not in your meetup groups. They're not in your, your, um, your events that you go to, right? They, these are people that are they're business owners, big amount of business owners, all right? Think of your dentist, your doctors, your veterinarians, your art auctioneers, your, your car enthusiasts, your cigar clubs, your wine clubs. Find the hobby that you're into and be professional, right? So have your elevator pitch down. Make sure you can present yourself in 30 seconds or less to somebody. And don't spew at the gums and tell them everything you do. Let them ask you questions. Build a relationship. Think about it as dating. You're not going to ask somebody to marry you, on the, or at least I hope you're not, on the first date. Right? You're going to have a couple dates with them. Get to know them. Find out what their insecurities are in lending. Find out what they're, what they're looking for. Find out what their goals are. Take care of their money because a lot of these investors, this is their retirement. This is their kid's college education. This is their legacy they leave into their kids. This is their money that they use to live off monthly maybe. I mean, understand where they're coming from, what this is. Don't just say, hey, I got this deal. I'm going to put all the risk on you. You're going to get no money, and I'm going to make all the money. And if the crap hits the fan like coronavirus, you're going to lose everything, and I'm going to walk away. Right? Don't, don't do that. Right? Overprotect your lenders. Right? Talk about how you're going to personally guarantee a deal. How are you going to do a confession of judgment? How are you going to do an assignment? Right? Just show your, show your potential lenders how you're going to protect them and present what you do. Now, to get started, if you want to be on Facebook, there's nothing wrong with saying something like this. Hey guys, look at the deal I just picked up. Follow along over the next couple of weeks while I watch my rehab, watch the work we do. I'd love you to. I'd love to have your feedback. Don't say who wants to fund my next deal, who wants to partner with me on the next deal. 
That's soliciting, guys. It's illegal. Talk to any, spend four to $600 for an hour phone call with an SEC attorney if they're going to do that for you. Treat it like a business and ask them what I can post on Facebook, what I can post on social media. I'm not doing a syndication. I'm doing a one-off deal. What am I allowed to post? Any SEC attorney that tells you you can, you can post asking for money on social media is probably not the SEC attorney you want to hire, okay? Because they're probably not going to be there for you when the SEC does come. And, and guys, you are the low-hanging fruit. And when I say that, they go on social media all day long, the SEC. They have a department that handles that. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain, wanting to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner. And that's really the best way to learn. So if people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com. And you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together on any level. There's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. Talk to your SEC attorney. Um, they will tell you stories upon stories. I had a student that came to me after she got hit. And she's like, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I got a cease and desist, but I have a $10,000 fine against me right now. And I have to defend myself. She was asking for $50,000. And her partner, her partner's father-in-law was a, an attorney, not an SEC attorney, told her she could do this. I'm like, well, I hope he can represent you then. Well, now she has to hire an attorney, pay $10,000 fine minimum. Hopefully it's just a slap on the wrist, wrist and not criminal. God forbid you lose somebody's money, it's criminal. I mean, there's a lot, guys, you got to treat this like a business. So, so what I would recommend doing is I have no problem with people putting their deals up online. Don't ask for money. Um, putting your deals online, show progress of what you're doing. Show people you're the expert. This is the biggest thing, right? Show people you're the expert rather than telling them you're the expert, right? You're into, you're into MMA fighting, right? Right, Nick? You're an MMA fighter. So I'm glad I'm on this side of the screen. So in case, <laughs> in case I piss you off, I don't get like a roundhouse. And, like, you're, you're a big guy. We don't want to tussle. <laughs> Yeah, sure, you could take me right down. But, um, but it's the same thing. I, I, when I teach people, I said it's like a boxing match, right? I, I work with some companies. I get brought in as a consultant for some companies to help them build their marketing, right? I don't do the actual work for them, but I give them an overview of how to build their marketing out because we have a huge following. People are like, how do you have such a huge following? One is I'm doing this a long time. But two is I, I, I treat it like a boxing match. And I always talk about it's jab, 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 uppercut, right? Yes, we sell online trainings. Yes, we sell different things. But I don't go out there every single day and say, bye, 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 bye. I'm constantly giving content, content, content. I'm showing people I'm the expert at raising private money. I'm showing people I'm the expert at creating passive income. I'm showing people I'm the expert in everything I do rather than telling them I'm the expert because I'm giving them content. So just provide a ton of content to people in your local market. And it doesn't have to be on social media. You could do one-on-one -on -one presentations with them. Now we have since we can't meet with people in person, you have it easy. You can do this worldwide now. You can do these Zoom calls or, or screencast or whatever, webinar, go to webinars, whatever you use. You could do presentations. Hey, who would love to jump on and see the deals I'm doing you know, currently? So you could do a PowerPoint presentation, do a Zoom call, and have 
100 people on your Zoom call, show me what you're doing, never ask for money. Can I teach you guys? Let me teach you how to flip a house the right way. Let me, let me teach you how I raise money. Let me teach you how I um, rent, do a burn method. Let me teach you how to, you know, walk through a property with a video, with your phone, pick up your phone, walk through a property and saying, this is how you, comp this is how you uh, do a scope of work in a property. Let me teach you. People are going to see you're the expert. They're going to want to partner with you. Whether you say, hey, guys, give me money, give me money, give me money. And then the minute the crap hits the fan like this, now you're going to, there's going to be a lot of people lose the people's money right now, unfortunately. And some of those people weren't given the proper disclosures. Some of those people are going to be calling their attorney generals and the SEC because they're not going to be cool with losing their retirement. And you're going to be up, you know, a creek without a ladder. You're really going to, we're going to see this coming. I know we, I saw it coming before. I mean, I saw private lenders going out there, giving money to people without getting a mortgage and a note on the property. And then the property sold. They didn't get paid back. Oh. Imagine. They didn't get paid back. And now they're coming to me. How do I fix this? I'm like, uh, you hope and pray the person takes care of you. That's about it. You know, there is no way to fix it. You screwed up. You know, you learned your lesson. Hopefully you don't do it again. You know, it's an expensive lesson and hopefully you, you know, because you tried to, you know, once again, you tried to take that quick pill to lose hundred pounds in 30 days, you know, instead of doing the work. The bottom line is content, 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 and be willing to do the work and invest both time and money in yourself to treat yourself like a business. If you don't do that, you're just temporary. You'll be out of the game. I can promise you. I can promise you that. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's history repeats itself. In almost 30 years doing this, I've seen so many people come and go. And the good people are still in. They're just not on social media, really. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Uh, I've, the more I've learned, I won't say as much as the actual real estate strategies over the last couple of years, because it's you start to learn them. They're just, they recycle. You know, a lot of the stuff that was going on years ago when it was more of a buyer's market is starting to come up a little bit. So, but I have learned more than ever that, if I really want to stay successful in the real estate, I have to treat it like a business. So, you know, that, that focus part has been a big thing to me. So um, uh, another example I like about that is when I was doing MMA and boxing and stuff, you know, you're training all these different things all the time. So you got to wrestle, you got to box, you got to run, you got to lift weights, you got to eat, you got to grapple, all these things. And I never got great at any one thing. You know, I put it together well, and when we were doing that, that was great. But then after I, I, I fought in the Golden Gloves and I promised my partner after that, okay, I'm, I'm not going to box again for a little while and I'm going to focus just on the business because I had to put the business on the side for like three or four months while I trained. And then after that, all I did was jujitsu. I didn't do wrestling. I didn't do boxing. I didn't do kickboxing, just jujitsu. And I wound up getting my black belt, you know, a couple of years after that and I got way better at it. So it was the same thing with the business. It's, it's, you can try all these different things. But until you focus on one or two core things and you treat it like a business and you handle it like a business, you're not really going to excel at it. And I feel like anybody that hasn't made that adjustment is really feeling it now. This right. is the time when you're going to see the people that were just jumping in and making it a hobby because it was the cool or the easy alleged thing to do. They're going to, they're going to be in trouble now versus the people that really strapped in and made this a core business and treated it that way. They're going to be the ones who stay. And, and I know you and I have talked because everybody struggles with that. Every time I interview somebody, I don't think, I think the average person doesn't think that we struggle with getting out of bed early in the morning and, and taking the day and, and, and focusing, you know, one day I want to do multi-units, the next day I want to do my development, the next day I want to do wholesale, the next day you know, I'm getting interested, maybe I should look at stocks. So 
that's always where I've, I've gotten in trouble before is not focusing on one or two things, chasing the shiny object. So how do you hold yourself accountable or keep your focus to make sure that you have your eye on the prize? Um, I, it, it's, that's a, that's a phenomenal, you're asking some good questions. I love this. Um, <laughs> It, a lot of it is my vision, right? And it's hard for me to just do it myself. So I have a mentor that helps me. My vision. That's why I mentor people as well for the same exact thing. You need somebody to hold you accountable because it's very hard to hold yourself accountable sometimes. And I understand that, right? I'm humble enough to admit that. Um, but now what I do is I got, it's like anything else. It's practice, right? What is my vision? If I jump into something like, I literally hate flipping houses. Now. I used to love it. I loved it because I loved making money, right? Now I hate it. I hate the minutiae. I hate dealing with the contractors. I hate dealing with the inspectors. I hate dealing with the, the sales. I hate dealing with the uh, appraisers. I hate dealing with the banks to sell them. I just, there's nothing I enjoy about it. Nothing in that whole model of fixing and flipping houses. Like if you truly love this, I love seeing a house go from the ugly to nice. Yes, I can do that in other ways, but I truly hate that whole business of fixing and flipping houses. Right. So every time I do it, it doesn't fit my vision. Right. My vision is to spend, you know, doing what I want, where I want, how I want, with whom I want, anytime I want. That's really my vision. And when I flip a house, it doesn't meet that. Oh, the only thing you chase is money. And that's not, nothing in my vision says I'm here to chase money, right? Nothing says when you talk about who is Dan Zatowski, Dan Zatowski is a husband, he's a father, he's a friend, he's a uncle, he's a brother, he's a son, he's a mentor, he's a coach, he likes to start businesses, right? Nothing in there, not one thing in my, in who is Dan Zatowski if you were to write my eulogy ever says he, ch he wants to chase money. Right. And I tell people this all the time. The hardest thing I could teach anybody to do is write your own eulogy. And that'll lead back to your vision, right? If your eulogy says, you know, Hey, Nick is somebody who chases money. He makes a lot of money that then if you want somebody to say that at your funeral and it sounds a little morbid, but it's one of the hardest exercises you or your spouse, or your girlfriend, or your kids will ever do. And I started crying when I did it because I did it back in the day when I was really screwed up chasing money. And I really wasn't a good, I was thinking, am I a good father? No. When my kids say I'm a good father, I thought I was, but they'd probably be like, oh, he's, he's a worker. He works his butt off. He, he supports us, right? My wife would probably say, you know, he gives us a good house. He buys stuff. You know, he's not really there for us all the time. And that stuff crushed me because that's not what I wanted. That's not the way I grew up. I grew up uh, saying to myself, I'll never go through what I, what I went through as a kid. I'll never go through feeling unloved. I'll never go through parents who aren't there for you, that kind of thing. I'll never have no money. I'll never go through those tough times. I'll never make my family go through that. And then when I started thinking about it, it was exactly what I said I wouldn't do, right? So having a vision and now holding myself accountable to that vision, that's what, that's what works for me, right? So before I do anything now, and I'm not perfect, guys. I make mistakes, right? I, I, I get involved in deals I shouldn't get involved in because I fall off. It's like, it's like an alcoholic falling off the wagon a little bit. I fall off, and that's when a mentor brings me back on. So even mentors have to have mentors, right? So I want you to understand that, that don't look at me and say, oh, this guy's perfect. He, he, I, I can't be him. Yes, you can be. And you don't need to be me. You need to be yourself. Stop trying to be somebody else. They've already been done. Become yourself. People say, how do you own over 600 doors of properties, right? Sell, finance, and rentals. My answer is one at a time. Right? Don't worry about owning what I own. Just one at a time. Worry about one. Then go to two. And then two turns to four. Four turns to eight. Worry about that. And really, why do you want that many properties? Now, I have them already, but do I chase that many now? No, my goal now, honestly, my goal for me, for my portfolio, is to do three, four, five a year. That's it. That's it. That's all I do. 
and I enjoy doing that. And I enjoy doing rentals and I do enjoy doing solo financing There's, you know, and I'm building a legacy for my family and it keeps me, it keeps me going, right. It keeps my wheels turning, keeps me going, keeps me fresh in the game. Um, but no, I don't, it's not about ego and not about money anymore, but you got to understand first, why do you flip houses, right? What do you love? There's some people love it. They love to, you know, make it something ugly, beautiful, right? Right. Some people will tell me they love providing housing for people, but let's be honest. I'm going to say, why, why do you love providing housing? Right. I love providing houses because it makes the house. Why? Like really dig down deep, hold yourself accountable, look in the damn mirror. And, and just like I said, you know, if you tell me you're crushing it, Hold yourself accountable to that. How are you crushing it? Write stuff down um, and stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to your friends. Stop lying to your family because you're doing nobody any good, right? Because you're lying to people and people are following what you're doing and then they're lying to themselves and their kids and it's just generational lies. So that's how I hold myself accountable. And, and if I had to sum it up in one word, it's vision. What's your life's vision? That's really how I hold myself accountable. And it, it sounds stupid. It sounds easy. Um, but it is pretty damn easy if you, if you, if you really stay focused that I, on a daily. And that's why I have it as my screensaver. I have it on my phone. Uh, someone on, in, in the group, I'm in, in the mentorship group I'm in, they actually made like a video of their vision. Um, someone made it into a cartoon. So they have like a cartoon sheet of their vision where it kind of says everything what, they, what, they, what their personal and their business vision is. It, it's so important that people are doing that in my mentorship group that uh, I'm part of that. I'm being mentored that I want to share that with my mentorship group, people I mentor because it's truly my passion is helping people in their vision and their, their mindset and their, their goals. Right. I don't want to sit there and see somebody out of a sheet rock on a, a screw sheet rock in a house. You know, we've done over 800 fix and flips. Can I, sh I could teach that all day long in my sleep, but I hate it. I don't want to teach it. So I don't, when people say, hey, can you mentor me on that stuff? No, I'm not going to mentor you on it. Cause I, it's not my, I don't love it. Right? There's other people. I'd, like, I'd rather refer you out to somebody else I trust. Let them do it. Let them teach it to you because I would be miserable teaching it because we don't share the same vision. Right? If you say, hey, I want to come in. I want to make a million dollars right now. We don't share the same vision, so I probably won't mentor you either. If you say, hey, I want to have a better relationship with my wife, my kids, my family. I want to free up my time. I want to do what I want to do. Well, that you're probably somebody I would mentor. You'd probably get into our group of 15 people. That's kind of where I kind of pick and choose. Once again, it's the people. If, same thing with Alondra. I, I look like this. I don't want to mentor you if money wasn't the issue. So if we took the money out of mentorship, would I want to hang out with you? Those are the people I want to mentor. If you guys are getting anything from the podcast and some of the great knowledge and tips that the guests are sharing, please take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or any of your platforms with some stars and some comments, helping spread the promotion and spread some visibility for the podcast, for the guests, and for the knowledge so we can continue to do this. It'll only take a minute. I appreciate it. If you guys could take the time, it would go a very, very long way. Again, leave a review on iTunes, start to share, start to spread the word. I really would appreciate it if you're getting anything out of this. Thank you. That's great. I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing my business like that too. That's perfect stuff, man. You know, I, I refer to, you know, people as black belts. I'm always trying to surround myself with black belts that have, you know, that are always trying to level up. And whoever the black belts are at my gym, they're going to another gym to find black belts that are higher ranked than them. So you're always growing, you know. So, you know, one of the things I've realized by doing that over the last couple of years and surrounding myself with guys like, you know, you and Mark Evans and Tim Bratz and Lee Kearney and all these different guys is as much as I think I'm doing great, I'm not doing shit. Like there's all these other guys that are, you know, and that makes you hungry to level up. You, um, I remember my guitar teacher once, he was like, man, I go watch the Allman Brothers once a year. 
and I watch the guy play guitar and I have two thoughts. Either I'm going to go home and smash my guitar because I'll never be that good or I'm going to go and I'm going to practice twice as hard as ever. And I feel like right now is the time that I'm watching this happen and I'm going, you have an option right now to give up or to step up. And guys like you that are, that are just getting things done and teaching people how to do it, um, that's the kind of stuff I want to be around. You know, find black belts in real estate that have been around forever. They've taken the butt kicks, they've given the butt kicks, and they're stepping up right now. So I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, two, two final questions I'll leave you on. One, I'd like to hear a little bit just of a summary of the strategies that you do, because I know you're getting guys on uh, sometimes like three-year notes for, for, um, for private lending. You're putting them in rentals. And then I'm assuming you're, you're doing refis out usually or you're, you're reselling the properties and seller financing. And then I also like to hear a little bit about how doing the mentoring, doing the business, putting out content, how do you find that balance to make sure that you're still doing things like taking care of your health and spending time with your family? Because I do know a lot of people that are successful business-wise, but it's at the cost of the neglect of their own personal health or personal happiness, which I feel like that's still a recipe for, for disaster, even if you're making money if you're not enjoying yourself and taking care of yourself and, and making those memories with the people that count, what's the point? Exactly. And that's, that's phenomenal. Um, what, what I had to do is I started scheduling. I'll, I'll second, I'll, I'll take your second question first and I'll go back to the last question. Um, how do I take time for myself is I really started scheduling my day first before my business, my personal day before my vision, my business. Once again, it goes back to my vision. My vision is to do what I want when I want, how I want. So um, I'll schedule date night every week, sometimes twice a week with my wife. Um, uh, so no matter what comes up, you could tell me, Hey, you could speak at this event. We're going to pay you $20,000 to come and speak at our event this week. I'm not going to do it. Right. I'll say, listen, I appreciate it, but I could do it another week. Or if I can have date night with my wife another night, I'll do it. But date night comes first. Um, I take my kids, my daughter, for instance, she had, she plays field hockey and lacrosse. I get her schedule right away. I put it on my calendar. I don't book anything during those times. Um, my friends, um, we have times with our friends where like at least once a week, we'll get together with a group of friends, different sets of friends. And we'll go out either Friday or Saturday night. I make sure I do that. Um, I'm going to be coaching football again in the fall. So from, you know, August, essentially all the way through Thanksgiving, um, I'm not scheduling any trips to go speak. So I'm giving up money. Once again, everything you notice, I'm giving up money, right? So once you set your once you understand your vision, and I keep talking about this, it's so damn important. It rolls my life, my vision, um, because I never thought like this before. Before I was like, um, sorry, I can't make the, the baseball game or a football game because I have this deal I have to do. This deal is going to pay me $10,000. I got to go do it. I gotta. And then why was I doing it? Because I wanted to go buy that beautiful car that all it did was feed my ego because after I drove the car for a couple months, you know, the giggle really went away. It wasn't doing anything for me. It was just feeding my ego. People were like, oh, Dan's tough. Look how successful that guy is, right? He's got a beautiful car. He's driving a Lamborghini or he's driving his Maserati or he's driving his Mercedes. And really that's all, that's all it was, right? So bottom line is I schedule my day around my vision first. Okay. I wake up, it's a little different right now. I can't go to my gym. Um, so I adapt. I don't just give up working out. What I do is I've been doing push-ups, sit-ups and if it's a nice day out, not when it's raining. And I could go when it's raining. That's an excuse. I just don't want to, or if it's cold, I don't want to. But if it's nice out like today, I'll get off the phone with you. I, my next call is not till uh, four uh, 3.30, my coaching call. I'll go for an hour or two walk with my family. We'll just walk, we'll joke, we'll laugh, we'll make fun of each other, whatever, we'll laugh. But I'm getting exercise, I'm spending time with the family, and they understand, right? So 
I don't let a situation like this control me and what my vision is. Now, if someone said, hey, can we get on the phone right now? And I had, I don't have scheduled walks right now because I don't know what the weather's like. But if they said, if I had something going on, let's say my wife and I were going to get massages or something at two o'clock. And someone said, hey, dude, I can get on, we can get on the phone. I'll pay you 400 bucks for the hour to talk at two o'clock, your coaching fee. And I'm like, sorry, I can't do it. And if you can't do it another time, I'm not the right fit for you. Right. Because I would be, I would be dishonest to the person I'm working with if I didn't focus on my vision. Right. So that's how I, hold, I schedule everything first in my life before, like even my vacations, I schedule my vacations. Um, like I don't do any traveling from May through the end of August now, cause I have the beach house. Right. So I spend my time on the water at the beach house on the boat or traveling. Right. So I, I just don't schedule anything business wise, any speaking events. In fact, the two speaking events that I'm getting paid for up one in May and one in June right now that I'm losing a lot of money for not speaking at them. They're both rescheduling them in summer. Believe it or not. One is in the summer. One's in October. October, I'm coaching football. That's my vision, right? I don't make any money coaching high school football. But in this speaking event, I was making 10 grand uh, plus all the ancillary money that comes from it, right? I gave that up, right? Because I'm not, my vision is I want to coach, I want to coach high school football again, right? So that's, once again, it's, I have to miss it, right? So if you, now, if you turn around and say, well, I can't give up that money, well, you just went against your vision and you're just going to, you're just going to prolong the misery two, three, four, five years down the road. So you have to, once again, it's taking action on your vision. If you want this to be a business, treat it like a business. So I was for the gym, for the health, I was literally waking up every day. I had my time set. I would go to the gym at seven o'clock in the morning. I'd work out till eight 30, come back, get ready. Boom. By nine o'clock, nine 15, I was ready to go. My wife would have my daughter dropped at school. We'd have coffee together or breakfast. And then I'd have my day set. I didn't even set my day, anything until 10 o'clock and later. That's just how I said it. So if somebody said, hey, I want to get on the phone with you nine and I'm going to pay you all this money, it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. Sorry, I can't do it till a certain time, right? Um, when I'm watching, you know, I, I get a lot of people at night. They want, this is the next thing, right? I have a lot of my coaching calls at night because people work. Well, it's been bothering me a lot that my individual coaching calls are at night. Well, I'm going to change that, right? Well, I'm going to change that. And you literally need to, you need to work within my hours. I don't work past a certain hour anymore because I'm not stealing time from my family to make money coaching. Right. So, and I'm noticing as I say that to people, more and more people are like, okay, so they're, even if they have the nine to five, they're taking their out of lunch and they're changing their schedule to work with me now. Right. Some people might say, well, you're cocky or whatever it is. I would be doing you the service and, and being a hypocrite if I lied to you and took, from eight o'clock at night to take away from my wife and family. Now my webinars, I do that. So I'm willing to do that one night a week at, you know, at night to do a webinar, but I'm not willing to do it every single night. Now I can make money every single night doing it. And once again, I chase money and I'm not chasing my vision. So that's how I do that. And now you asked another question about how I run my, how I run my business, right? Or how I raise money. Um, well, I do raise money and, and in my program, I always talk about, you know, raising money for three to five years, interest only. Um, and I'm not going to talk about interest rates here because we're probably not supposed to anyway, but whatever you can kind of agree to with your, with your investor, partner, lender. Um, and a lot of times I paying people off a lot earlier than I'm always paying people off early in three to five years. Right. But I do that because of a situation that we're looking at right now. What if banks do stop lending? Right. And they don't, there are banks out there lending. You just got to look for banks that aren't selling the Fannie Freddie, your local, I was talking about your local credit unions, 
your local municipal banks. Those are banks that are still lending, portfolio lenders that are holding deals in the house. If you're a strong borrower, if you have a strong asset, they will lend to you. Um, but what I do is because we do bring in a lot of passive income in every month, if I'm not buying stuff, I'm paying my lenders back. Because the one thing they'd like to do is once they get paid back is they want their money back in play. They don't want to hold that money in their retirement account, right? So my goal is always to pay my lenders back as fast as possible um, because it makes them hungry. It makes them want to get back in more deals, right? Um, I have lenders with a lot of money right now. And no matter how much money they have, they, they told me straight up, I will not lend anybody else money. But you know, I get asked all the time, I won't lend anyone else money with you. I have lenders saying, I'm willing to take 5% if you have a deal. That's how hungry they are. for. for so when you tell me there's no money out there, and I'm not going to pay in 5%. I just think that's taking advantage of them. Um, but that's kind of how I do it. So I raise capital to buy distressed debt in emerging markets, paying better than average returns to my investors, right? What are the average returns these days? 0.01%. So I'm paying better than average returns. And I buy in emerging markets that are good markets, even in economies like this. And this has more to do with a, an issue that came up, a health, a health pandemic that came up. It didn't have anything to do with the economy. The economy was doing great. Um, but I buy in markets like that where there's a ton of job growth, a ton of infrastructure, um, good quality schools, low crime, where there's always a need for housing. And it, let's be honest, there's always going to be a need for housing, right? So if you're renting houses to the medical profession right now, the city workers right now, the people that can work from home right now, they're still able to pay rent. There's no, there's no hiccup there from paying rent. So you're going to be okay. So that's what I look for, right? And then I also help investors out there that want to build their own, because a lot of investors, they want to lend money, they want passive income, but they some come to you and they're like, well, how do I build a portfolio for myself, right? How do I build something to give to my kids one day or my grandkids or retire on one day? Because as I pay my lenders off, they're out of a deal. They don't have anything, right? So some of them want to build their own portfolio. So we help them do that. We help them build up a, a passive income. We don't do it in multifamilies. That's a game unless you're and you know this, Nick, we talked about this. I've had some, I got rid of all my multis. Um, that's a game that unless you're actively involved, you're active. It's a very hard game. I don't care who tells you what, it's a very hard game to manage. If you're not active with your property managers and your, your maintenance issues and your turn, tenant turnover, it's a, it's a hard game to manage. It's not what people make it out to be, what the gurus are making it out to be right now. Um, and we're going to see, unfortunately, they're going to get hurt right now with this rent issue. Um, so. I help them build their rental portfolio up. You know, it could be a couple of houses a year. It could be one house a year. And we show them if you build buy one house a year, just even in your tax benefits and your wealth and your debt reduction that you get paid every month, you pay every month and your possible appreciation, your possible rent increases in 10 years, you're going to have a really nice portfolio. I'm not going to give a number what it should be because I don't know what you're buying or what you're doing or where you're doing it, but it should be a nice portfolio. And you probably could retire on this. So if you play your cards right, you could probably retire. So we help people do that too. Um, and a lot of investors I help because I sell a financing properties. So a lot of them might not be able to get bank financing. We don't deal with investors going to banks and getting financing. We don't play that game because I don't want to deal with their appraisers. I don't want to deal with their underwriters. I don't want to deal, I don't need to. Um, so we even have investors buy our properties for cash or with sell a financing. So we can help investors by holding a note for them with a down payment. So we do that. And that creates for us, so it's a win-win. We help sellers buy multiple properties, you know, where they can't, either they can't get approved or they would only get approved for one. And it allows us to create seller finance notes so we don't have to now worry about tenants still as a trash so we can live the passive lifestyle we want. I love that, man. Creative financing is the way to go. And I think it's going to be the way of the future. So 
I love your business model, man. I, I love your work ethic. I love your core values. Uh, it's been a really great talk for me, man. I really appreciate you giving me your time today. How can people find you, uh, social media, website stuff, if they want to learn about investing with you, buying properties, getting some coaching? Um, talk about how people can link up with you and find out about your services. Cool. The most important thing is uh, I know a lot of people try to hit me up after these podcasts on my personal page. Unfortunately, I can't accept anybody because I'm, I'm constantly at that 5,000. But they can go to our group page, which is uh, Become a Real Estate Investor with Zatowski. Um, they just have to answer three questions to get in, <clears throat> and we'll, we'll, we'll get them in. Uh, it's, it's a group where we, we try not to make it the biggest group out there. But we try to make it one of the best content-rich groups. Uh, we, we monitor very closely for spam and people taking advantage of others. But we ask that you go there. We also have um, – we're trying to build up our YouTube page now with our videos. We're, one of the things we're doing is moving more and more of videos now to YouTube, and that's growing nicely. So the YouTube page is under Zatowski Capital Management. So Zatowski, Z-I-T-O-F-S-K-Y, Capital Management. You'll see some of our YouTube videos in there. There's a ton of free information on YouTube. And uh, for anyone in the group, we give this away when I speak at events. They can go to uh, get a free cheat sheet from us. All they got to do is go to Passive Wealth Academy. So PassiveWealthAcademy.com forward slash 42K. So PassiveWealthAcademy.com forward slash 42K. And um, in the group, if you're in our group and you have any questions, go to our group page, shoot me a message. And happy to, you know, I look at Facebook messages and stuff like that. Um, that's probably the best way. And uh, just pay attention because we do put webinars out in the group. We put stuff out in the group. Um, we're constantly answering questions. So we monitor it pretty close, closely. And that, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Or if they want to read the book, um, I don't know if you have the book. They ask Passive to Prosperous. It's on Amazon. It's in, uh, it's in audio. It's in, you know, soft cover. Read the book. If you see me at an event, bring it up to me. Let me sign a few. Let's take a picture. But um, I think no matter what business you're in, I think if you pay attention to my why in the book and pass out to prosperous, that you'll, you'll get a ton of value out of it. And then the rest of the book is my how. It talks about my business and how I do what I do. So uh, we have a lot of ways for people to kind of you know, see what we do and watch what we do. But those are the ways that you know, we love to help anybody out that needs help and just increase their business. Awesome. No shortage of resources at all. Well, you're definitely somebody who brings their A-game, man. I love talking to guys like you. It was great meeting you at... Uh... I'll give a shout out to DM Mark Evans and Mitch out there and uh, his Miami Vice party. Uh, any closing thoughts or anything you want to leave people with before I let you go for the day? Well, the other thing is that I appreciate you and your time, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to present to your audience. It means a, it means a lot to me, and I, I get a lot out of it too because um, it fills my, it fills my uh, vision. But really, um, just in times like this, stay positive. And I know it's hard to say stay positive. Control what you can control and consume what you want to consume, right? That's so important, right? Take action, control it, make yourself a better person for you and your family right now and figure out what you really want to do and start really laser focusing on that and you'll come out ahead of this tenfold. I promise you that. I love it. Thank you so much, man. Hey, you know, on me at some point this year when this quarantine is over, it'd be my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really had a great chat with you and I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you, bud. Be safe, your family hug. Yeah, thanks, you too, my man. Take care, buddy.